we're doing a, a conference call, table talk, uh, call-in show. <laughs> Sorry we can't do video, but uh, this is the best we could do. I guess this isn't too bad, considering. So how's everyone, how's everyone doing? We're doing great. Matt's been able to do a lot of planting, which is what our main, main, main goal is these days. And uh, they might get back to it now because we had um, nine-tenths of an inch of rain out here a couple days ago. So kind of slowed things down, but they needed to sleep. So <laughs> he said he figured out that in nine days, he had about 45 hours of sleep. So it was Whoa. time. Yeah, well, we we finally found toilet paper, <laughs> and I had to. It, I How far did you have to go? Well, I just went to the local grocery store, and I felt like I had to sneak in to grab the last package. And uh, of course, I I ran in and ran out. Yeah, I'm sorry, but that still fractures me. A viral infection, not a blown out your rear end infection. What's the toilet paper angle? Does anybody know? Because I'm seriously, I don't. Well, they do. It does. It can cause diarrhea. That that, that that's after you've had it a bit. But but nonetheless, it's not an explosive type of thing. That yeah, you're gonna be dazed on the toilet like you are with some viral infections. So it's not not quite that bad. But people, you know, it's a psychological thing. They got to do something, and so this is what they did. That's what I think, too, the psychological. Got to do something. Got to do something, even if it's in excess and it really makes no sense. That's well, you know what's real funny? They didn't take the beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I read a report that alcohol sales are up significantly, but it's more wine and hard alcohol as opposed to beer. Beer sales are... What, of course, this has been a few weeks ago, have been kind of steady, but it's the hard liquor, the wine, exotic liquors, exactly, that have been on the up, too. And I suppose if you're sitting at home twiddling your thumbs, you might as well drink. <laughs> you know, remember when there was the great uh, brownout or blackout in, in New York City, and nine months later they had this explosion of population. Oh, yeah. I'm wondering if this is going to have the same type of effect. I don't think there's any question. You'll <laughs> see your, your major population centers will be inundated with new births. Let's see, probably starting maybe late October into November and December. You know, it's, this, it, it took such a long time for this thing to, to finally get going. But mm -hmm. then... My question is, not being a doctor, obviously, and I've seen nothing addressed to this, are these kids in any sort of danger from both parents being COVID, you know, asymptomatic, but COVID positive? Are they, you know, it, 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 it's, it's kind of like a, a crack baby, yep. but that's, it, obviously yeah. that's a whole different story. But yeah. Do they pass it on to the child? You know, there was a lady in, uh, and I can't remember exactly, it was East, East someplace, 
I think it was New York, but I can't be positive on that, who uh, was uh, about eight and a half months pregnant. And she got it. She went into a coma. She was in intensive care. And they, they took the baby. But I've not heard ever anything about whether that child was affected by this, you know, whether he was born infected, like, as you mentioned, crack babies, but um, they certainly are born high. They can be. And um, so I, I don't know. But I think it would be a very dangerous time to conceive. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Nothing better to do. <laughs> you got to be entertained somehow. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's one thing that I've noticed in since day one is the press for some reason seems to feel the need to follow Trump, all of his lackeys and their stupid addicts. You know, we haven't had one uh, journalist at a brief, you know, one of Trump's quote rally briefing where they stood up and said, that's just a lie. And if you can't tell the truth, you are of no value to the American public. Well, the one that's come the closest is Fauci. And, and I, I, yes. I, I think that he's probably going to, his head's going to be on the chopping block when this is all over. I don't think Trump dares fire him at this point because the American people, uh, I think, look up to him and, and take him as, uh, you know, a, a good fella. Well, I think he's probably, he comes across as the only really serious person uh, to give uh, serious recommendations of what people should be doing. And he doesn't right. contradict himself. He doesn't contradict others uh, other than the president and, and that crazy uh, uh, pandemic team uh, that, you know, that Pence should not be in charge of. So it, it uh, this is really a bad clown show, a really bad one. But I... He's I, not afraid, though. He's not afraid to say wrong, Yeah, yeah. That's... Yeah. Has anybody been paying attention to Rachel Maddow? Has she come right out and say, you know, that's a lie? Yeah. She don't say it to the president, but she says it. Yeah. I wanted to address something that's more local as far as our governor and stuff here in Jones County. Uh, I, I feel really uneasy because we've been going to the store that none of the employees are wearing masks and a vast majority of people entering the store are not wearing masks or any kind of protection for that matter. And that really concerns me. What store are you in? Uh, Really, because well, I, I was just very in Anamosa this morning, and everybody had called employees except for one that uh, masked on. I was I uh, was at Fairway. I was at Fairway just the other day, and nobody was wearing one. They had. Uh, yes. Posey uh, was in Fairway here in Anamosa the other day, and none of the cashiers were wearing them. And she um, called the store manager and asked why that was, and that they probably should be wearing masks because they're passing. You know, all those people are passing through those checkpoints. Yeah. I called the corporate office and asked them, and they said, well, we put it out as a volunteer basis. And I, uh, said, that's right. I said, that's not going to work. We need some consistent policy. Well, all that's going to do is volunteer to make a lot of other people sick. You can be completely asymptomatic and pass it around like checkpoints. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I was also also talking to people about the 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 meat so-called meat shortages, and most people said that really there is none. It's the meatpacking companies that are controlling the the outlet of this, and uh, because they want higher prices. Well, of course, and you've seen what happened to the oil prices. They bottomed out, and oh, I I saw gas here hovering right at. A dollar ten, dollar twelve, and now it's up to a dollar sixty. So they're artificially inflating that price. That's got to be what's happening. Do I have evidence of that? No. But it, it's funny that the gas price goes way down, and then nothing else changes, and the price goes up. Are yeah. more people driving? No. In fact, there are fewer people driving, and this whole insurance kickback of Oh, we'll give you back money or give you a cut rate or something. Is that's a whole other story I'd like to get into later? But uh, it doesn't seem to make any valid sense on what all sorts of corporate business is doing. It's profit first, people second, always. Okay, face mask manufacturers is a very classic example, and it's price gouging, which I thought was illegal, uh, especially, I would think, during a time like this. However, you know, what used to cost 50 cents now costs them six bucks. Yeah. So yeah. don't tell me somebody's not raising the prices here, because <laughs> that's what's happening. Yeah, and I saw, I just, uh, I saw go, a gas as, as low as 75 cents. Wow. Yeah. But yeah. That, that only lasted about four or five days. Yeah. And it's wow. funny how that happened. And the auto dealers are having a big push selling all their big SUVs because gas prices are way down. And all of a sudden, the gas starts creeping back up again. But, you know, you take a look at at meat prices, and that's something that I still have not been able to find out. Maybe somebody can enlighten me on this. We knew that the meatpacking plants in the Columbus Junction area, Waterloo, out in Denison and Crawford County, Western Iowa, in Woodbury County, they were very unclean places. Made a lot of it due to the work type. I mean, if you're doing a water operation, that's pretty messy. But but uh, so many of the people had tested positive. And now they're saying, well, it's because they're all illegal aliens. They're bringing it in from across the border. No, it's worse here than it is down there. Well, the other part I just found out yesterday that the meatpacking companies, one of the Smithfield meatpacking, they're owned by the Chinese. Really? Yeah. Smithfield is the only one that's a, yes, it is. They sold it to China about five years ago. That's why I won't buy Smithfield hams anymore. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yes, well, they are. They're I, all, I, I, China, bought them, China bought them, number one, they needed the port, but number two, it's a way for them to get water, believe it or not, because they have so much unpalatable water over there that the port that comes in has water, and they squeeze that water out. They get that water and, and clean it up, and, and, and they've got fresh, fresher water. Hmm. John read that in a Barron's report. Well, I, I think this should maybe start another type of conversation locally about we have to start doing things more locally, like even 
small packing plants like those those family-owned places that used to happen uh, many years ago that you know the local butcher shops local meat packing and processing instead of gigantic uh, factories I, I think that uh, there should be some serious conversations about that again because it it would employ local people you would even have maybe uh, some kind of a, a, a college program for butchering and uh, yeah. Yeah. meat processing. Uh, That's possible, but it's a really stinky, hot, horrible job. And you're not going to get a lot of American people to volunteer for that job. I'm just telling you right out. That's just not, it's just like taking the fruit. They're not going to do that because it's below them. And so is slaughtering. They, and they don't want to know how their meat gets to the, to the plate. They only want to have it. They don't care how it gets there. So even if it paid, even if it paid well? I don't believe even if it paid well. And frankly, they don't pay horribly. There's a lot of jobs that put, pay a lot less than, than the meat packers. But a lot of foreigners will take that because that will bother them. But it, it does bother the American people. They're not going to get their hands that dirty. They just aren't, unfortunately. I, I hate to say it that way, but that's exactly what it amounts to. That might change if the coronavirus lasts and lasts and lasts, which is a distinct possibility. That's yeah. a possibility, you're right. Well, if, if anybody has ever studied, even, you know, just a little bit of what happened during the Spanish flu epidemic in 1918, mm -hmm. uh, all you have to know is that the Spanish flu started and around three to five million people died, and then World War One ended. And then everybody went out in the streets and it was hugging and kissing and everything was wonderful and the boys all came back and then 30 million died. So it's not the first wave that's the worst, it's the second wave. And we're not yeah. even done the first wave yet. That's and right. I think that, that our governor, by reopening things, is just putting the death penalty on a lot of Iowans, which really, really to me means the GOP doesn't care about people. They care about the almighty dollar. They've got to have their money. And, you know, if it takes 100 people to die, so be it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, well, that's the kind of feeling I'm getting with, uh, you know, from the top of the government, from the president. On um, the economy has to get working again, and um, the fact that, there are now upticks on uh, infections is not relevant to the economy getting working. Well, he said it the other day, he said, we're, we're going to open up. And unfortunately, there will be some some people who die. Some people get very, very sick. And that's too bad. But we need to open up the country. Those were his words. So there you are. <laughs> and, he is, and he is a classic example of who would be in the at-risk category. He's over 65, his health is not the best, he's overweight, and I'm sure that he has underlying health problems we're not aware of that could cause him to be a very susceptible to this. Now that one of his aides has tested positive for COVID-19, then what? Plus, that leads me, and it's a short rant, and I'll get through it, and we'll move on. 
having Mike, Mike Pence go maskless to the Mayo Clinic here last week, had I been the criminal, they told Mayo Clinic posted a note on Twitter that his group was told they had to wear masks, and then the group told Mayo to pull that tweet, which they did, and then he gets a photo op with some poor guy in a hospital bed. Had I been that patient, I'd have kicked his ass out of the room. <laughs> I was just in the hospital about two weeks ago for a couple of days, oh, unrelated issues, but it was in St. Luke's, and I got to talking to some of the nurses over there, and they had they have an entire wing of the hospital, or an area, I should say. They go by east, west, uh -huh. and north, and south, and then all the various levels that they have. And they've switched around some of the nurses so that you're not constantly stuck in the in the coronavirus area. You get a little rotation out, and you can work other areas. And I get that. But all of them were working with face shields and masks and gloves, even sure. if they came, came into the room to sweep the floor, uh -huh. which I did, I watched that quite a bit, and if the people bringing up the, the food trays, face masks, uh, the face shield, rubber mm -hmm. gloves, a few of them even had a uh, uh, operating gown on over the top, and I think that was part of the, what they used probably down in the food service, the prep area, but nobody was, no mask, no gown, no gloves. So it, it was kind of scary. Obviously, I was off in a different area. I was next to it, but it always makes me wonder, and I thought, boy, what a time to go back into the freaking hospital while all of this is going on. Could I have picked a worse possible time? Is the black plague starting back up? Is the plague going to? Maggie, what a deal. Well, I, I have to go to the VA next week, and I really do not want to go. And Because uh, a lot of veterans are really stubborn about wearing masks or taking yeah. any kind of safety measures. And uh, yeah. I'm thinking maybe I should wait. I don't know. I wish there was a way I could do all this online. I did do a checkup with my cardiologist after the stay on the phone. And, and he's one of these guys that's very hands-on as far as wanting to see you in person, see what you look like, check you out. Sure. Check your but it, it came down to, we just did it over the phone. I didn't have to drive to Cedar Rapids and back, which was nice. And, try and find a parking spot and go into their building, which is all closed up. The PPI building, you have to go into the, uh, up a lot across the street and walk. Oh, you gotta be, you gotta have a good heart to get to the cardiologist at the PPI building. Oh my God. <laughs> you can make that hike. You're so pretty good. <laughs> I thought I was going to die. I, I should have got, I should have got a, um, excuse me. A, a wheelchair started at the top of the ramp because it's just gone like hell. And just you know, look out, here I come. They have valet parking. Couldn't you use that? <laughs> that was close. That's been closed up. They're not doing that. Oh yeah, I'm sure they are going to do that. Yeah. Maybe let's, you should have just called an ambulance. 
Yeah. Let's do a quick reset here. We've got Richard Tapia, Marilyn Gray, Carmen Jamison. My name's Scott Whirling, Greg Griffin. Am I missing anybody or is that everybody? I think that's everyone. All righty. And we've been at this now about 25 minutes, so... Uh, tw exactly, 20, exactly 20 minutes and 58 seconds. 2058, very good. Okay, that's our reset. One thing, I, if I can back up just real, real briefly here. I'm not sure, somebody I'm sure one of our learned panel here can help us out with this. Does COVID have a chance to go from an infected worker into the meat of any food supply that they may be working on? Is that a a real thing, or is that a made, another made-up scare tactic? Well, that's a question that's not answered yet. We, we uh, just they, they don't know. think it does. They think that it's not. It's not. There's not a connection. But but that's that's live animals and live people. Whether you can infect, whether meat can be tainted by an infected person, I don't know. I don't think they've answered that question yet. Well, it has to get into your lungs right, to hurt you. And it's so only if you're snorting hamburger, I would think. Do not. It goes, through, that. It goes through your elementary canal. It's going to be destroyed. Like, I can think of a Facebook meme that says, challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's the one thing that, that if there's any one thing in this whole situation that's one thing that kind of bothers me is will our food supply in any function be tainted by by this stuff? Well, I don't know. We just don't know. You know Here's another aspect. You, you always use high heat for meat. So right. I would think the chances would be pretty low. Well, I think all this to me is also a byproduct of, of the changing climate. Uh, the, the the viruses, along with that gigantic uh, new murder bee that's coming, that's two oh, inches geez. long. I don't know if everybody's heard about that one. That, I mean, I mean, what else is coming? That's worse than a locust. screenshot of the, of the movie Jumanji, and it oh. said, you, you've now surpassed level five, releasing the murder hornet. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh, you know, what next? For God's sake, are we going to start getting attacked by moles and gophers? We could, <laughs> and they're going yeah. to be flying gophers. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, if, if we were going to close the page on humanity because of stupidity that we've created for ourselves, I mean, it, it would go out like a porky pig cartoon. Blah, blah, blah. That's all, folks, because it's, it's... If you ever are looking for a good program to look at, go to the History Channel and find a program called Life After People. Oh, yeah. And it was, it's an irreverent look at if everybody was just bought. They don't say how we left or what happened. We're just gone. And it talks about the, the, the physical deterioration of uh, the infrastructure and what the uh, 
things happened. They had one of Los Angeles, one program starting 200 years, I believe, after people had left. And they talked about new species of animals that had been interbreeding because, you know, their population had dwindled or whatever. But most of Los Angeles is not visible. It's weeds and trees and grass and dirt and all this stuff. And it, it's very, it's unsettling. It, it's really an eye-opener. But I encourage anybody, life after people on the History Channel, and I know that they were rerunning a bunch of them here just recently, but I think if you go to their website, you can probably find it. You know, I, I can imagine what the animals would say after all the humans are gone. They would probably say, geez, I thought they'd never leave. <laughs> it worked, Corona. Yeah. 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 And then all the new species would be around and all the older species would say, well, we don't like them. They're not our, they're not our kind. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The thing that does bother me is our governor reopening so many things when not it, what is it like 5% of the population has been tested. I think fifth in the country in active cases, something of that nature. Yeah, for such a small state with so many active cases, that's not good. No, no. Don't forget, she's, a, she's an acolyte of Terry Branstad, yeah. a follower of Donald Trump. Yeah. And that's more important, I think, to her yeah. than, than this issue. Yeah. I don't think there's any question. And plus, she flies out today, or uh, yesterday and the day before, to yeah. meet with him in person knowing full well that one of his aides is tested positive for COVID. Or why? I mean, just why? Are you that? Are you that entrenched into GOP greed over people that you will go do this? Go yeah. meet with somebody who could be an asymptomatic carrier? Well, you know what? I think that people love the, 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 uh, the stage. And and the idea that you can get your name out there, like the new, uh, uh, who is the the person who's now speaking at the White House for the for the to the press, that young woman. Yeah. Uh, I, back in 2015, uh, she was saying all kinds of nasty things about Trump. Yeah. And now yeah. all of a sudden, she, she flipped, and now she's going to be a, the spokesperson for Trump. Uh, I think people like the limelight. And if you can get out there, regardless, they want their 15 minutes of fame. Yeah, the White House Press Secretary Kylie McEnany called yeah. Trump racist back in the day. Yeah. But she's pretty. She's, I mean, physically pretty and has blonde hair. So I would say, yeah, and look at his, look at his, the lady that is his uh, Bible counselor or whatever weird. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Yes, she Paula White is her. Yeah, that's and she's a she's the woman like a, is a fraudster. She's a Snape charmer. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It, it, 
Yeah, people would people couldn't make this kind of stuff up. Right, right. You know, we're just waiting for the season finale of Survivor. Well, that's that's what this is. It's a reality show. It is. It is. And sadly, there's over seventy thousand people that have no comment on it. That's correct. That's correct. No will they ever again. But for him, but for Trump to, to have the utter gall to sit in front of Lincoln and say, I've been treated worse than Lincoln. Oh, yeah. imagination, Lincoln was unavailable for comment. <laughs> yeah. Right. Holy crap. Now they're saying that what he did there by having that, that uh, interview or press conference or whatever the hell you want to call it, that was done illegally. Oh, wow. Really? There's some, there's some, I, oh God, I wish I could remember what that was. I'd have to try and find that again, and I don't remember where it was, but it was in some sort of violation of, of uh, use of that facility. You know, that, well, they're pretty fussy about what can happen there. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. The well, it's, it's like... That makes sense. Yeah, it's sure. like our our our, uh, our mayor, our governor, saying, "If you don't go back to work, you're going to lose your job and no benefits." Well, yeah. on the Iowa books, there is a statute that if workplace is hostile, unsafe, and un unavailable for safe working environment, people don't have to go to work. So she's wow. directly contradicting what's in the Iowa code. Yes. So the next, you know, the next step there, we're back to the meatpacking plants again. What if there's mass strikes and everybody just walked off the job? They just are they just going to be able to find that many more people and say, well, we'll just hire different people? There's no, no. they're not breaking down the door to get hired there. I don't believe. No, no. Um, it's how many people from Cedar Rapids drive out there? The, the uh, um, the Burundi people, uh, the, the uh, uh, you know, people from Africa who haven't got another opportunity uh, drive to Tama to, to work. And, um, they're, they're the ones who are being affected <coughs> by all of this. Uh, I need you to change the subject a little bit here because uh, we're at 31 minutes. Uh, does, does everyone have access to a computer? I do. Yeah. Well, because I was hoping we could get on Skype, and that would be another way we could do this, and and possibly record that. And but I think Carmen, you said you don't have access to a computer. Not as long as the library shut down. Uh, okay. All right. Well, but we you can. Don't need me to do this, you know. You can. You guys can talk without me. Oh, talk about me if you could talk without me. <laughs> Well, it will always be positive, Carmen. Now, you know, I'm going to this, but the week that they did this, we were going to be you to change to get my new phone. Now, see, that's what happened. <laughs> I'll well, stuck with my old phone until we can get out and go to you again. Hello, phone people. Why do you have to go to Dubuque? Well, that's where our contract is with those people, and we have 
it's kind of a screwed up mess, and so we need to talk to them in person. What service do you use? Right now we've got cellular one, but we're probably going to change that. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, there's an office of cellular one right here in Monticello. Yeah. That's, that, 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 well, why don't we end this for right now? And now that I know that I can get five people on and it wasn't much of a problem, uh, we can do this again if people like this. Okay, let's keep it up. Yeah. Uh, Sounds good. So what... For uh, jo- Voice of Jones County podcast, let's sign off. It was glad I'm glad that everybody's well. That uh, we're trying to stay healthy, and everybody's uh, humor bone is working. <laughs> well, you can do that too at the same time. Uh, and so we uh, let's sign off for right now, and uh, we can meet up hopefully in person soon. <laughs>